My name is Brian, and today is Wednesday, September 6th, 2023, and this is episode 514 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled The Open Road Awaits, Guide to Exploring RV Living, and it's brought to you by Hip Camp. I'll be touching on the very first steps to take when you're thinking about wanting to move into an RV, uh, whether full-time, part-time, or uh, or just stationary. We'll kind of touch on all sorts of things, uh, and we'll take a minute to consider these things before you uh, before you waste a bunch of time and get excited and just jump whole hog in. These are some things you're going to want to consider. We took um, a year, mm, I think it was a year, before we really pulled it on anything we watched a ton of videos so i think i have uh have some knowledge in uh, the things to look out for and after a year i think that list has changed so we'll talk about that today but first let's grab this cup of coffee get some uh get some caffeine flowing in me it's been a it's been a morning already uh we'll catch up what's going on with uh around our world and uh anybody in the live chat and then we'll get into the topic in just a little bit so uh let's see who's hanging out this morning morning uh, backwoods how we doing? Thanks for uh, grab uh, having uh, grabbing that link. I uh, man, I went to sign on this morning and I was like, "Holy shit, it's not there! The stream's not there. What uh, what am I going to do?" Um, yeah, never got set up. Never uh, never went through. Never got set up. And uh, on the fly, scrambled around, put it together. I guess after five hundred and thirteen times. I've got it down to where I know the the bare minimums of getting things rolling in the morning. So here we are. Here we are. It's been a morning for sure. It has definitely been a morning. Things have been uh, kind of sideways uh, since I since I woke up. Uh, first thing was uh, Norman. Norman every day comes and sees me and brings me a toy and shoves it in my face to wake me up. And this morning he came and he didn't have a toy. And I kind of uh, said, hey, what's going on? He ran back out, came back, no toy again, jumped up in bed with me. And uh, it looked like he wanted to go back to sleep. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Corey said there was some uh, commotion out here and uh, Walter may have been blocking the door and Skish couldn't Norman, as we call him Skish, I guess uh, that <laughs> that will slip here and there. That's what we call him instead of... Uh, instead of norman but uh he uh, he couldn't get in with the toy so uh, i don't know morning routine started off all weird and uh, some other stuff went uh, really sideways and then the stream wasn't shut set up so huh, man man uh kyle says uh, he already knows the steps to buying an rv and moving in is uh, sell everything you have and buy a grape van what exactly is a grape van do you know what a grape van is I mean, <laughs> grape van. Morning, Pip. How's it going? Uh, when living in a van down by the river sounds like a decent plan. I thought we uh, we we thought it was a pretty good idea. Uh, another thing that happened this morning. We're going to be do, doing uh, coffee science on Friday, I believe, is the topic. Uh, start bouncing into some of the some of the um, science behind. Science behind coffee. I mean, really basic stuff. I'm not going to be taking you through a, a college level chemistry class by any means, but uh, maybe maybe some of the relationships between the water, the beans, um, growing conditions. All, I mean, I'm going to touch on all sorts of stuff. It's going to be um, it's going to be uh, a longer drawn out than that. So it's going to be more than one episode throughout the 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 I guess the the duration of the Lots Project podcast. Coffee is going to be one of the subjects. So I'm just going to grab some stuff and grab some info on Coffee Day and uh, and throw it at you while we while we enjoy some in the morning um, and kind of enlighten you about coffee and uh, maybe spur your interest into looking at the different things there are out there. It's not just Folgers. So... Um, <laughs> Backwood said he's trying to keep me from getting pulled off of YouTube. Why you put the G on? Um, 
I mean, if you want to travel around in a van like that, more more power to you. Are you going to put uh, free butchering in on the outside or free candy, one or the other? Um, <laughs> and Pip now has heard it through the grapevine stuck in his head. So that is that is it. Um, oh man, what's going on in my life? I uh, man, yesterday was busy. I I can see why everything is going sideways. I got uh, I got down a rabbit hole uh, thinking about um, some. Some proposals I'm going to throw out there, uh, some um, some ideas for uh, some properties people are interested in and in, uh, gaining some value out of and uh, moving forward with. And I'm really trying to wrap my head around wrap my head around the best way to go about it. And I kind of went down that hole. I went down that rabbit hole. I got some other um, consulting stuff I've been spinning on and um, I want to get those answers out. But it's a big puzzle. And I think I think I got in the groove of doing my show in the morning. Everything was getting set up. And um, and then I went out, took my morning shower, listened to my show back, and never went back to what I was doing. <laughs> totally blanked on that and uh, just pursued some other thoughts that had come up. And, man, it, um, it, uh, it was productive for sure. But then I laid down in bed last night and I went, holy crap, I didn't do this, 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 or this for show prep yesterday. And it turns out that I never pushed the show through either. So that was awesome. But it was very productive. It was very productive. Got lots of um, lots of ideas on, on paper, at least, and uh, formulating some things to shoot out to some people. And I think some great projects coming up. Hopefully some, uh, some fantastic projects. And um, man, the, the possibilities are endless. And when... When those scenarios present themselves, when that blank canvas is there and um, and you can do that, it's um, it's fantastic. It's it's uh, but it, it is very my brain won't stop. I can't get to a point where I'm like, hey, um, this sounds good. My brain is always like, this sounds good. But um, what about this? But maybe this. And uh, yeah, I can never really. I, I, it, I can't say never, but uh, when when the the canvas is so nice and blank, it's uh, it's hard for me to not run away with ideas and just get the basics going first. So that's the focus for this morning. I got to catch up and do all the extra on the podcast uh, for this morning that should have been prepped last night. And then I got to dive in and uh, get some proposals out, get some ideas shot out there. And, uh, and then I got to go get groceries. It's grocery day. I get to go down to uh, got to, get to go down to the big city, the big city um, where the Walmart is and the and the laundry mat and the tractor supply. I try to find dog food. James was mentioning it with the self sufficiency, the dog food issue, uh, how I deal with trying to find all that. Whew. I um, I got uh, man, <laughs> we switched. I think I talked about it uh, back when we did it, but uh, we were using. Uh, <laughs> we were using um, Eukanuba when they were puppies because St. Bernard's notoriously have uh, bad stomachs. Like um, they need the same food. And you don't want St. Bernard mess everywhere. They're large and they make a big mess um, without having stomach issues. So you can only imagine what happens after. But um, yeah, Yukonuba was great. It was high quality food. It uh, it didn't mess their stomachs up. And then the price, when COVID came around, the price shot to, uh, man, $100 for a 33-pound bag of food. And uh, couldn't find it either. Like, it was getting hard to find. We found some places that it was cheaper and always had it at a farm and feed store. And then that kind of blew up in our face and didn't work. Then we hit the road. We really realized that finding Yukonuba and being able to afford it was uh, not going to happen. So we 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 really dug into what was the best quality food we could afford and what was the best food that was going to be available everywhere, maybe at a Walmart or uh, or something like that. Well, we found um, we found two where we found Tractor Supply. Well, Tractor Supply had a food, Diamond Naturals is what we were feeding them. 
Tractor Supply carried it. And then Tractor Supply also owns Pet Sense. It's a uh, it's pet pet uh, store like Petco or Pet Pet Mart Pet Smart or whatever. Pet Sense is owned by Tractor Supply, so they would also carry that Diamond Naturals. And there's both here in this area, but you can find Tractor Supply pretty much everywhere. And then the there's some comparable food to that Diamond Naturals. Now I can't find that. That's like, um, as soon as it comes into the store, it's gone. Uh, their truck comes in on Friday and uh, I go on Wednesdays. So today I'm going to talk to them about ordering it in and uh, just picking it up every week. So maybe I can get, uh, get, get it to make it till Wednesday. And by the way, if you got dogs, if you got big dogs by, by chance uh, and you go through a lot of food, Pet Sense has a fantastic program that um you get a card it's just like your tractor supply membership card whatever you give them your phone number when you check out but it actually calculates and keeps track of how many dog food bags you buy of each brand and when you hit two or when you hit 10 bags you get a free bag of that type of food so we had had to when we got down here we ended up having to buy yukonuba for a couple times so at a hundred dollars a bag we were buying that stuff and uh, right before we took our July road trip, the lady's like, hey, you uh, you just hit your 10 bags. You want a free one? Well, they didn't have enough in stock for me to take it. And I'm like, oh, man, that's going to suck. Do I need to take it today or can I get it next time? She's like, oh, you can just give us your phone number. It should pop up. So next time I went, they had the Diamond Naturals at like $40 a bag for 50 pounds and so 40 pounds for more food for less price and i grabbed two of those and then I, there was a bag of hundred dollar yukonuba sitting there and i'm like huh i'm gonna throw that in the cart and see if she gives it to me for free sure as shit hundred dollar free bag of food because we had purchased the the 10 prior so if you got a pet sense near you i don't know if tractor supply does the same thing but this uh pet food pet store affiliate of them uh, does so check that out if you buy a lot of dog food or even if you don't i'm sure it adds up over the long run um one other thing real quick before we get into the topic guys are talking about um scooby-doo in in the in the crowd there in the live chat good morning mike the philippine nomad by the way i saw you pop in um scooby-doo i read something interesting yesterday so they remade this show uh velma that, that focuses on velma and now she's like super dark indian girl in the cartoon you know everybody's got to get woke and get dark i guess um or gay or both or whatever just how you do things now but um now they have this velma series and the, there was somebody that was really uh, pointing out the fact that when you watch scooby-doo back in the day you had fred and daphne and velma and scooby and scrappy and they were all different they were all weird and they all could have been at odds with each other Fred was the cool guy. He could have been uh, picking on on uh, Scrappy or, you know, um, whatever. They all got along. It was all a united family. And I guess I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to this um, in person or uh, personally. But Velma, I guess, is all about the drama between the group. How the times have changed, guys. Um, when did Scooby come out? Like 80s? So what do we got 20, 40 years later? Now um, now it's just focused on the drama instead of uh, teamwork and uh, finding that bastard evil villain. <laughs> Pip says Velma used to be sick. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't know. Marianne or, uh, Marianne or Ginger? I think I'm more of a Marianne guy. <laughs> As I look at my bald wife over here, I'm not into the movie stars. <laughs> oh, TikTok Butcher says, uh, Backwoods Butcher says, the TikTok compilations of Fred and Daphne sneaking off to Bone are hysterical. I have not seen those. I'm sure now that I've talked about them, I'll see them a hundred times. Oh, uh, I got 40 seconds here. 20 seconds, actually. Uh, yesterday, I was scrolling through Facebook, just looking for some shit to, to mind numb uh, before bed or uh, in the evening after dinner. I don't remember what it was, but I kept seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger pictures like over and over and over and over. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Every picture was Arnold Schwarzenegger either in lifting competition or just in everyday life. And I kept noticing it. I said, hey, Corey, check this out. 
they keep i don't know why they think i want to see arnold schwarzenegger but i was scrolling she looked at my phone and literally it was every like third post and then every fourth post and then every third post and i'm like there it is there it is she's like holy crap i have no idea why no idea they were all suggested posts oh man so anyway it's quarter after i gotta set that deadline so let's uh let's get into the topic today we'll talk more about uh, arnold schwarzenegger and uh scooby-doo maybe tomorrow <coughs> excuse me oh all right outdoor enthusiasts are you yearning for a getaway into nature well i've got something amazing for you introducing hip camp your one-stop solution for booking unique camping experiences across the country whether you're a seasoned camper or just a newbie, Hip Camp provides access to the best campsites, RV parks, cabins, and more. From beachfront spots to mountaintop retreats, Hip Camp connects you with great outdoors in a whole new way. And here's the best part. As a listener of the show, using the link in the video description, if you book your first day with Hip Camp, you're going to get $10 off your stay. And I'm going to get a $10 credit on the site for my next stay. So you can help me out and save money yourself. But that's not all. If you are if you have a beautiful property, if you have some extra space, um, you can host other campers. And when you sign up for that, there's even a sweeter deal on that. And so be sure to check that out. You can sign up at the link in the video description too for camping or hosting. So what are you guys waiting for? The Great Outdoors is calling. If you haven't been camping in a while, check it out. Check those show notes for the affiliate link to Hip Camp and start planning your next adventure today. And on Hip Camp, every day is a good day to be a camper. If you still have questions, I am here to help. Check out on your services on my website, thelotsproject.com. There is Hip Camp Consulting. I help campers and hosts get started with Hip Camp and answer any questions they might have. So check that out. I highly recommend it. We are well over 200 nights staying, um, 200 nights of staying on Hip Camp, and we also hosted. So I have plenty of experience to uh, guide you along the way. Check it out in the show notes and on the website. And with that, let's get to RV living, guys. RV living. Uh, I've picked this as one of um, one of my general topics. Uh, I, I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, I've picked six, seven, eight general topics and kind of roll through them and dive deep into them. Uh, make a forty-five minute segment, uh, fifteen minutes to to hang out with you guys and, and catch up, and then forty-five minutes on a general topic. Well. One of those, obviously, I think in our situation has to be RV living, full-time RV living, uh, camping in general, uh, that whole nature of things. It is our life right now. It's what we gave up our homestead to do. If I'm going to talk about homesteading and the experiences there, I might as well have a day where I talk about RV living, full-time, part-time camping. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we experience is full-time RVers can really come in handy for even the weekend warriors or the couple times a year in a camper or uh, even tent camping, finding sites and things of that nature. So I put it on the list. I put it on the list. And as with all the other topics, uh, the first episode, I kind of want to introduce the basics, uh, really circle back to uh, the beginning, the beginning. And this is an easy one. This is an easy one to get to the beginning. Um, here you are. Uh, you're sitting, you're sitting in your your office chair. You're watching YouTube. You're uh, you're hanging out on the weekend. You're talking to some friends. You're online buzzing around, and you see these people that are that are super happy, um, just traveling around in their RV, living in their RV, making content, this and that. You're like, I want to kind of do that. I want to do that. And you dig in some more, and you see all the the very um, good things about it man as we were getting into rv living um the videos out there really highlight the goods they some of them will caution you about some bad things or i don't not want to say bad things some things to be aware of uh some people will will put their disasters out there 
um, and things that really went sideways. But I didn't really find a lot of guidance in deciding if I really wanted to do it. I didn't find a lot of guidance. We did after the fact, I think. Corey watched a ton more um, full-timer videos than I did. I was more diving into the how to make it happen. And she was diving into the if it's right for us type of thing. Then we circled together and, and made it work. But, you know, after the fact, after the fact, we've learned a lot of things. And through the first almost year, it'll be a year here in October that we've been on the road where we left our, our full-time home and sold it. Um, it'll be a year, but we really started living into the camper way before that, right in our driveway on our farm. We had hookups, we had plug-in, we had water. Um, and we really, that's the biggest thing. Like, here we go, here we go. Um, man, buy your RV and live it in, in your driveway. <laughs> I didn't even have that on my list. I didn't even have it on my list of things to do because I guess that would be after this list, but I'm going to start right there. Um, if you ever decide you want to do this and you want to do it full time and you want to, um, you buy all the stuff and you, maybe you already did that and you, you you're getting ready to leave really stay in it, do it, act as though your house isn't there. Have the security of saying, fuck this. I don't really want to do this. This is horrible. Um, really dive in before you sell your house, before you take off and realize you hate it. Corey and I lived in the camper. Uh, Corey full-time. Me, I was working. I needed to use the shower indoors. But me, I slept in the camper. We ate. We lived everything except I used the shower indoors for for reasons that needed to be done. Um, but we lived in the camper for, um, man, what was that? Two summers, pretty much two full summers in the driveway. We got used, they got the dogs used to living in it. We verified that we were okay with it. We can function in it. Um, <laughs> and, um, <sighs> Um, so we, we really experienced it. And I, I do suggest that that'll be after all this, uh, all this stuff I'm going to talk about today, but definitely give it a go before you launch for sure. Or not. I mean, do you do you, you do you, I suggest it. I suggest it even after going through it and, uh, and, and being on the road this long now, um, it was valuable. It was very valuable. It really, it'll, um, open your eyes to some issues. It will open your eyes to whether you actually want to do it or not. Um, if it's comfortable for you, maybe you want a bigger or smaller rig and uh, it's not too late to make those adjustments before you uh, go all in. But anyway, let's get back to where I was. Let's get back to how to figure out if it's even right for you. Um, the first thing is you got to figure out what you want to do and why you want to do this. Uh, the first question I'll ask is, do you want to do full-time or part-time RV? Do you really want to not have the security of your house to go back to? Do you really want that? Um, it's scary, guys. Like, I'm not going to lie. The day that our homestead sold and, and this is what we have, it was scary. It was really scary. It was very freeing. It was uh, the culmination of a lot of planning and a lot of work. But it was it was scary. And I don't know if we hadn't been as prepared for it as we were, if I would have handled it as well. Um, I think we had been through the shit enough with the trailer. We had uh, experienced so much. We had made several trips. We like I said, we lived it in the driveway for a long time. But when that when that check cleared and when that um, that when that happened it was scary it was really really scary you've lived your whole life i've never been eh, i've been intermittently homeless in between apartments or that in my younger days but never really no place to go now i have my trailer 
if it doesn't blow away or crash or somebody run into me or things like that, that's usually not going to happen to your house. <laughs> your house isn't just going to disappear. Maybe a tornado, I guess, but you can rebuild it there. I don't have anywhere to rebuild. I This is what I have. And it was scary as shit. So really, really decide if you want to go full time, if you want to sell what you have or you want to go part time, you want to go out and make um, have adventures, uh, build your life. You can build your life. So you take a month at a time and you go on adventures. You can build your life as though you're living on the road. So the work functionality, all the, the camper supplies and that and take longer road trips. You don't need to be a full-time RVer and and lose everything and, and not say lose, but liquidate everything else in your life. You can do it part-time. We chose the best option for us was to go full-time because we were looking for someplace new. We didn't want to be where we were anymore. So it didn't make sense to hold on to that. And it was also a great way to finance doing this. And that's another thing. If you're going into um, if you're going into this to save money, <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You can do it cheap. Um, it really depends on um, it really depends on what you're willing to deal with and uh, how you want to go about it. Uh, I'll get to it in a minute. I'll get to it in a minute. Actually, uh, some things add into that uh, that financial equation, and I think we will hit that later down the list, but. If that's your deal, if you're like, man, we're just going to do this cheap. We're going to do it for free. We're going to go live for free. Um, you you really have some some trade-offs for that. You have some trade-offs. Um, another thing that you want to de decide on with um, <laughs> um, some things you want to decide on along with the full-time or part-time is, do you want to be a stationary? I mean, you can live full-time in an RV uh, sitting still or moving a couple times a year and sitting still. Right now, we've gotten into a pattern uh, for a variety of reasons. It's not necessarily our favorite way to do things, but we're going to sit down for a good, I think by the time we leave, it'll be probably six months, uh, but there's a mission behind that. We really evaluated um, our end goals and our end goals is to start picking up properties and that first property we want to be right. We want it to be in the, the right climate and area. So we're taking and, and spending different seasons through there. Um, if we spend the winter here and we love it and it's nice and we decide to buy a property, I don't think we're done traveling. I don't think by any means we've sat down and because we sat down for six months, it, it it's it's the end that we're not traveling anymore. Uh, we are poking around the ideas this winter of uh, a shooting out to uh, do some shorter trips and come back. Uh, we found a very affordable place to park our trailer here. And it's a nice base of operations for a project I'm working on. And also we are curious going through the winter here. So that's the reason we're staying, but you can stay put and just live in your RV. If you're looking to scale back, if you're looking to move locations, you can sell. You can move into your RV. You can move to a spot and plan to sit down for an, a, a year and evaluate the area. If you don't like it, you are mobile still and you don't have to go through the, the process of selling another house or finding an apartment and then moving an apartment. Um, <coughs> so... That is, um, that's something else you're going to want to look into, whether you're going to be stationary or traveling or like we are doing uh, kind of a hybrid uh, version of that. So the way we, the way we really prefer our, I think I've come to the conclusion, our favorite way to uh, travel is stay a week, travel a day. And by a day, I'm talking like 200 miles max. And then stay for a week. Uh, Corey's situation is she's working full-time during the week. I'm working, um, doing this full-time during the week, making content and then taking care of other things um, that need to be taken care of. Just like you do when you have a house, you still have stuff you have to do. It's not like you sell your house and you, you rid yourselves of all your burdens. Um, so we like that model. 
but we've also um, we've also worked into that the traveling and then sitting down. This win this past winter, we went down to Texas and and did some work down there. Really experienced a Texas winter. That was another kind of throwing feelers out there for climate and uh, and weather situation. Whether we liked it down there during the winter, we knew we weren't going to like it there in the summer. But man, winter was great in uh, in East Texas. East Texas winter is is fantastic. A little wet, but uh, not bad, not bad temperature wise, especially coming from Minnesota. I'll tell you the first time in in probably twenty years that I didn't hurt by February, just physically hurt from the cold. So that was a bonus. But we um, we we try to figure out. You got to figure out if you want to be stationary, if you want to be traveling all the time. Maybe that is maybe that is your MO. Maybe you want to travel every other day. Maybe that's your your ideal situation. If you're um, I include uh, RV. I just said RV living. I think you could really include multiple things in there. You could include RVs, schoolies, um, vans things of that nature. They're all, they're all similar, but they're all way different. That's a, that's a path you really have to go down for yourself at that point that you decide you're doing it is kind of transitioning into, well, what path do I want to take as far as living conditions and vehicle? Um, that's a whole nother episode today. I want to kind of fo focus on just the RV because that's what we did. And that's what we know. We did explore those other options. It wasn't right for us because of, um, the four-legged friends. I think we could have really chose any. I think we could have probably chose any situation um, if it was just Corey and I, or definitely if it was just one of us single, alone. So we'll circle uh, circle back to the RV. Um, Kyle says if his wife ever smartens up and leaves him, he's going to do a schoolie, <laughs> a butcher schoolie, a butcher schoolie for sure. So when you want, once you make that decision between you want to sit, you want to travel, maybe you want to do a hybrid, that is going to help you decide um, some things later on on here. So full time or part time, do you want to sell it all and go on the road, or do you want to uh, to do out and backs and have a stationary place you come back to all the time, a home base? Uh, I think I think as we move on, as we acquire properties. I think we will do more of that. I think we will do more of going between our own properties and then taking smaller jaunts out. I think that's our end goal. At this point, we're doing what uh, what makes sense for the day. Um, you really have to figure out your tolerance for um, your tolerance for inconvenience. I've talked to a lot of full-time RVers. I've interviewed a, full, a few. There's so many different ways to do this. You you can um, you can jump in. You can jump in. Um, you could uh, <laughs> jump into an RV park. Excuse me. <coughs> you can buy a multi-million-dollar uh, Class A bus-looking RV that when you walk into it, it's probably nicer than any house or apartment that I lived in, probably bigger than most of the apartments I lived in in my younger years, um, where you roll in, you plug in, you plug in the water, you empty or you uh, hook up the sewer, and you sit. And other than the fact that there's wheels underneath it, and other than the fact that you are in an RV park, um, maybe, probably, if you have a rig that size, it's uh, it's way more convenient. And uh, for size restrictions, it's easier to uh, to get there. But um, man, it's just like living in your home. It's just like living in your home. So if for some reason you're forced into a nomadic lifestyle, maybe for work or something of that nature, you can really, really make it work to where you're not inconvenienced at all. And I don't want to say inconvenience. We're not inconvenienced. We've adapted to the the capabilities of our rig uh, for the situations we want to put ourselves in. We don't want to be in an RV park. 
that is the last place, the last place, um, the last place we want to be. Kyle says, uh, Backwoods Butcher says, you guys need to buy one of those motorhomes you can park a car in. Um, we're actually, that's something we want um, possibly in the future. Um, I'll get to it in, in, in a little bit here, but uh, size-wise, something that we figured out about the size of our rig and um, things of things like that. We... I've started looking at the next generation. That's a that's something else you're going to need to realize is these things don't last forever. They're not made to live in full time. Maybe the buses, the ones I was talking about, the huge bus, the class A, the million million dollar, uh, uh, the six figure, the six figure uh, higher end. Maybe they're meant to be lived in full time, uh, like a tour bus type of deal. But a travel trailer you're going to pick up. The travel trailer you're gonna you're gonna retrofit or or take as is. You can see at the camping show and man, they're meant to for weekend getaways. They're meant to go for a week. They're meant to go for a, a three or four week road trip where you hate your life the whole time. You've seen all the videos. You've seen the movies, uh, RV vacations with the family, um, and it's uh, uh, a. <laughs> Um, you get, <laughs> they're just, the, the construction isn't made. It is not, it's not made well. Uh, I've done a lot of work to this thing when we bought it. At, so we bought an older camper. We knew from the beginning that we were going to put in all sorts of different stuff. We weren't going to do it stock. We don't want to be beholden to the, the campsites that only have hookups, water, power, uh, and sewer. So we made a lot of retrofits to our camper. But uh, as I've worked on it, it's blatantly obvious that these aren't made like a house, both for weight and for construction costs. Um, they're, they're not well made. When you, when you um, travel a lot, when you put miles on and miles on and spend hours and hours and hours in this full time, uh, you have to think about that like you've had the thing for 20 years of vacations. Um, when when you see how beat up older campers are, you really do that uh, when you're in it full time. They're not made for it. So you really have to, to be in the mindset of always planning the next one, realizing that uh, things are going to go shitty. And when they go shitty, they could go shitty really fast. You could find a problem and open something up and go, this isn't worth fixing. Um, kind of our our uh, vision with that is hopefully riding out the trailers we have uh, long enough to find a property to set them on and then kind of convert them into stationary uh, dwellings. There's a lot of things you can do if you're not moving it to really make it um, better to... Um, to protect it more from the elements, to to make it so it'll last longer. You see a lot of people park their RVs under canopies at their house or even their campsites and things of things things like that. Um, protecting it from the weather, protecting it from the water is the biggest thing. Rain, uh, water infiltration, just like with a house, is is uh, man, it's horrible for your RV, and there's a lot more places for it to enter. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you your your tolerance for uh, inconvenience is where I was going. Um, if you're going to buy a travel trailer and you don't want to stay in in campgrounds, that's our situation. What inconveniences? Um, I I put them under that category. Like I said earlier, they're not inconveniences to us. They're just the way we live our life. Um, but some things you'll have to change from a sticks and bricks house or an apartment if you're going to do this. If you want to spend a lot of money, <laughs> K-Bonk, K-Bonk, hold on one second. I want to hit this real quick. Uh, K-Bonk says he was shocked on the lease on the new Airstreams. <laughs> we were looking at the prices on new Airstreams uh, on our last vacation with Corey's parents. And oh, holy crap, guys. <laughs> Search for an Airstream, uh, 2023 uh, 40 foot, 40 or 30 foot Airstream and see what that's going to cost you. 
yeah, they're quality. They are quality. I'm not going to lie, but holy crap, the price. Anyway, you want to be in an RV park? You want to spend a, a boatload on a, a rig that is high end, that is um, like your house? More power to you. That is not me. I want to go park in a watermelon field in Texas for four months and enjoy the shit out of my winter with no hookups, with no power plug in, with no water at the camper. Uh, we went the whole winter and we still do. We fill our tank on our camper and then we drain it and we fill it. We do not hook up to pressurized water even when we have it. Um, that's just our way of keeping in the water conservation mode. Uh, so these, those, th those little things, those little things, Pip says six figures plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're six figures plus for the, like the 14 foots for the very tiny ones that you would look at and go, man, I, I'm going to have to be single and I'm, I'm going to have to lose a lot of weight and maybe cut some, uh, cut my legs off at the knees to get into it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's can be the nomad line is 42,000 or $300 a month for the lease. So that's a lease where you, um, it goes back or is that just a financed option? K bunk. Sorry. We were seeing some crazy uh, prices on, uh, on airstreams. And is that a brand new one or an older, uh, like a return type of deal anyway? Um, so the water, water's one thing. If you're not at a campsite and you're boondocking and you want to you want to go stay out on BLM lands, you want to stay in state parks, you want to stay at hip camps that don't have hookups. I mentioned hip camp earlier. They do have hookups. They have hookups and they have non hookups. They have every variety of site you're going to want to find. But if you go the route of not wanting to be the RV park, wanting to be off by yourself, wanting to experience boondocking, things like that you're really going to have to make a change in your water. I have, I just have to have to lay it out there. You're not going to be able to take an hour shower. You're not going to be able to take um, a 20 minute shower. You're going to have to change the way you do dishes. You're going to have to, what are some other water things? Toilet, man, if you want to use huh, the toilet, the toilet and the water go hand in hand, but the toilet is a totally separate issue too. Um, it's a water waster for this, for this point. Um, but yeah, it's, you're on a limited supply. And when you have to physically go get your water, uh, we retrofitted our truck with a tank to haul it back and forth. If I didn't have that, literally every 40 gallons of water we used, we would have to pack up the camper break everything down, close the slides, pack the dogs, hook the trailer up to the truck, drag it somewhere, take a hose, fill our tank on the camper, and then go park it again and set it all up. Basically a travel day to go get water. Um, that can get fr frustrating. That can be very frustrating. Uh, it, we we did, we, we prepared for that. We put a big tank in the truck. We also have jerry cans of water that can, that we can use to move, but you have to consider that when you're, you're deciding how you want to go about this. And if it's right for you, if you say, Hey, I, I can't stand campsites. I can't, all I want to do. The only reason I want to do this is so I can go park in uh, park in uh, BLM land and enjoy nature and be by myself. You really have to contemplate in the fact that you're going to be carrying your water with you. You're not going to have access to water and finding it can be a trick too. That's a, that's another episode all in itself is finding things on the road. I uh, kind of goes down the long, down the line of the dog food that James was talking about the other day. Uh, that comes with everything. It really does. Uh, so water, water is an inconvenience. If you decide you don't want to do the RV park, RV park is great. You can just hook your hose up to the, took your hose up to the faucet and it's great. Hip camp with a water hookup, fantastic. You just hook it up. Um, man, if you really want to get away, and that's your personal preference, you have to figure out what you want out of this. Uh, another in inconvenience um, is those, uh, what are your, what's your tolerance for not having those amenities um, like water, like electric? Uh, if you're having to run your generator every time you want to turn your lights on, every time you want to turn your computer on, um, man, you're going to want hookups. 
You're going to want uh, electric hookup. You're going to want to be able to plug in like you like you have power at your house. Um, if you want to get away, uh, if you want to get away and and go off grid, you might want to consider solar. But you're really going to want to look into it. RVs right now they all come with a sol a solar panel, a solar panel, a little solar panel, and a lead acid battery that gets you quickly to turn your lights on, to put your slide out, to um, to do the stuff while you're getting set up to plug it in at a campsite. Most campers right now are designed to go to a campground. That's because all the people are filling campgrounds. That's their target market. That's their customer base. They're not getting eight out of 10 people walking in that want to go take it and live full time out in the desert in a on BLM land or in the mountains or travel around full time. They're getting families that want to go out on a vacation. They want to go out weekend camping. They want to go camping in the summer um, every once in a while. They need power to run their fridge while they're driving or for the things when they're not hooked up. That's what those solar systems are intended to do. They're not intended to be full-blown, um, let me live on it and barely have to run my generator. So you have to consider if you don't want to be at these RV parks, if you don't want to be at um, hip camps with, with plugins or, or harvest host sites with plugins. I mentioned hip camp a lot. There's a lot of services out there. Um, definitely do your due diligence when you look into them. Uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of clubs and things out there that, that are more like timeshares for RVers and, um, just, just look into things before you sign anything. Just, just saying, just saying, uh, we aren't a member of any of them and there's a reason there's a reason, but, um, anyway, so you have to figure out what you want to do with power. Do you want to have to run a generator all the time? Do you really want to conserve power? It's a change. It is, it is definitely a change. Um, when we went full solar, when we went on a few trips, and when we were in Texas in the winter, we ended up having to run the generator quite a bit, more than I had wanted. Uh, figured out some things really tuned in the system but still if we have to run our air conditioner we have to turn on a generator we have to run a generator if the sun doesn't shine uh for a day or two we and we need to run fans or um do any sort of climate control in here we have to run a generator um you have to be comfortable with that so a you have to have some basic solar system if you want to not plug in or B, you have to have a combination of a solar system and a generator. Or C, you have to have a big enough generator and be willing to have it running all the time, which takes fuel. Another inconvenience. You can't store a lot of fuel. So what are you going to run your generator on? You know, you got five gallons of fuel that'll last you a while. It'll last you a while. And you think about it. Oh, it'll last me a couple of days or maybe a week maybe a week, like a vacation. It's almost like all these things are set up, not set up. It, it's just the way they involved. I don't think it was a nefarious thing by any means. It's what people did. They went on camping trips for the weekend. They went on camping trips for a week, for a vacation, for a road trip. Uh, these systems are all set up to accommodate that. Not accommodate weeks on end of, of traveling around and not plugging in. So you have to change your life. You have to change um, the way you do, use alternate methods to, um, we, we don't use an oven. Don't use an oven. Don't, don't have an oven. Like you can see it there. It's, um, it's very small. We've never even turned it on. Uh, so you learn to cook differently. And I'm thinking I'm going to probably lose internet here pretty quick. I'm hoping that we hold out. We're having a thunderstorm roll in. Um, but internet is another thing. How's your, uh, how's your tolerance for, um, your internet cutting in and out? Cause as you, travel, you don't have.
show for a while. Hey, 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 we uh, dropped out. I don't know how this is going to go. It's starting to get pretty dark here. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, changing your life, really evaluating will, what you're willing to give up. Are you willing to give up those 20 minute showers? Are you willing to give up the, the comfortable spread out? Um, are you are you ready to oh okay right here we can we can start wrapping up because i i really i really shouldn't put out too much more information because i'm sure we're going to cut out and uh and really freeze up for good but um <laughs> anyway uh kbong watts and h2o storage are more important than creature comforts creature comforts really go out the door uh really I, i'm not saying that it can't be comfortable but man, I got nowhere to go. I got nowhere to, I was laying outside on our carpet outside the camper the other day, like stretching out, stretching my hands above my head and my feet out as far as I could. I can't do that in this camper. Everything's compact. Everything's packed in. Um, you really, oh, Max Hedren's saying, all right, guys, I'm going to cut this down. I'm going to end it up because the audio is going to be horrific. So I appreciate you watching this morning. If you enjoyed the show, we'll dive into this topic way more. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy morning. I apologize for the kind of the shit show of an episode. See ya. See you guys. <laughs>